A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. This is the fifth episode in our Move Your Mind construction series, and today I spoke to Charles Munns and Maddie Van Sitter from Mates in Construction New Zealand. Mates is a charity that was established in 2008 to reduce the high level of suicide among Australian construction workers. Mates provides suicide prevention through community development programs on sites, and by supporting workers in need through case management and a 24-7 helpline. Mates was started because there's a big problem with mental health in the construction industry. Construction workers are six times more likely to die from suicide than an accident at work. And for young workers, the facts show that they are well over two times more likely to take their own lives than other young Australian men. It was great to sit down with these two guys and learn more about mates and hear about their stories. It was really inspiring. I hope you enjoy. And thanks again for supporting Move Your Mind. If you want to learn more, you can go to our website, moveyourmind.me, and you can join our community program, or you can order the Move Your Mind book by going to nickbrax.com book. All right, guys, thank you so much for making the time to come on the podcast. Four o'clock New York time and nine in your morning in, in New Zealand. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for making the time. I'm used to doing these with just one guest at a time, so it's always fun when we get to have two people on at once. So, yeah, first of all, yeah. just thank you guys for making the time. Thanks for having us. No worries, bro. Thank you. Before we start, we might just I might just ask you guys to give just a quick background on, you know, the work you're doing um, and how, how you wound up where you are. Yep. No, sweet air. So I'll, I'll kick off, I guess, first. Um, so my name's Charlie. I'm one of the field officers actually based out of Christchurch for Mates of Construction. I've been working with Mates for uh, since the start of this year, so I started here in Jan, but prior to that, um, I did 13 years in the New Zealand Army um, out here at Burnham, or primarily, ba- uh, primarily based out of Burnham. So in there, I served in the infantry year for 13 years, like I said, deployed um, three times over that time period. Uh, Solomon Islands, East Timor and Iraq and I think um, through my I suppose my experience in the military I just got a fair idea of I think what I would say a bad mental health system is or bad sort of support system around you but you really build your own organic support system um, through the friends that you meet like Matty um, over here he'll, he'll share his story but don't want to steal too much but we serve together but uh, yeah you really build your own internal support system through the friends that you that you serve with and the camaraderie that you build uh, through the military so uh, upon leaving the military I was looking for you know a, a new opportunity to to help people I've always been passionate about helping people in any way that I can um, I went through some of my own struggles um, through mental health and whatnot um, while serving and it really opened my eyes from getting the support through my friends um, doing a bit of training here with mates construction and then yeah it's really just opened my eyes to really wanting to help people in any way that I can so like I said joined on here at mates um, in January, been there eight, nine months now, and it's oh, it's been awesome. It's been an awesome ride just getting out there amongst the construction industry, you know, running through some training sessions, meeting heaps of people, and yeah, just helping anyone that I can. Thank you for sharing that. Did you want to share how you got yeah. into it as well? Yeah. Yes, yeah, sweet. So, yeah, um, my name's Matty. I'm another field officer here with mates. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so 
similar to Charlie, we both surf together. So um, it really gives us that kind of good narrative working in the space together. You know, we were yeah. quite good mates, still are really good mates um, prior to, to working with mates. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I did about five, six years in the, in the military. Um, I only did the one deployment, but that um, deployment being the one um, in Iraq. So over there, Charlie was my, my section commander and I was, um, you know, one of the guys running around on the ground, which was cool. But, um, you know, we, we experienced something quite traumatic that happened over there. And as you can imagine, I was only about 20, 21 mm. at the time. You know, that was quite quite heavy, quite quite a um, weight to bear, I guess, you know, struggling through or, you know, working through that. Um, so, yeah, I kind of fell into a space that I saw a lot of our mates struggling, um, like Charlie touched on, you know, that the, the military doesn't have the best kind of professional support network, but you do you do build that within your, your support network within your peers or so within the boys or within your um, units and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it was quite hard to see, you know, all the stigmas and all the barriers as to, you know, how, you know, us as men, we don't we don't speak. And, and that was quite prevalent. Um, we did see a lot of our mates struggle, um, you know, people like Charlie, myself, you know, falling into a space where we were finding it hard to hard to deal with some of the things that we'd been through. Um, so then, yeah, when, when Charlie actually found the job at Mates, he, he kind of contacted us and was like, um, you know, there's a job here. If any of you guys want to want to have a nudge, I was still quite young at the time. So I was kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll see how we go. You know, working in mental health and um, especially, you know, suicide prevention, it can be quite quite a hard space to navigate at my age, you know. So um, through my through my application at the war, it must have stuck. They, um, they must have saw something, you know, and especially, like I say, us knowing each other quite well, we have that. That, that good bond out on site and when we do our training sessions that we really can at home a lot of a lot of things that we're trying to implement within teaching people so um yeah through those experiences you know i'm just someone who who really cares and i'm quite passionate you know i've seen too many people you know struggling mental health and all the rest of it and um i think that organically we've built tools tools from our experiences that really keep us afloat and keep us keep us um Keep us good in, in that space. So really trying to implement that or teach other people is, you know, something we're super passionate about. So it's, it's, it's awesome to be able to work with work with Charlie and, you know, try and try and make a difference, I guess. Yeah, thank you for sharing that to both of you. And, you know, I love that. love that story that the two of you have had that experience and have then been able to, you know, eventually work together in, in this organisation and help in mental health. And, and you know, in I, I guess it's it's such a big issue in, in construction, in um, in the military, that's a, a huge, you know, PTSD and there's so many issues with that. And and in general, yeah. like what you were talking about with men, you know, we're, we're not taught to have these conversations. We're not taught to talk about it. We don't often know where to go or how we're meant to deal with it or feel like we should just bottle things up and move on. And it doesn't work to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. These are heavy things and the results show yeah, it. So, sure. yeah, it's a big thing. No, it's... So um, what have you, working, working in, in mates, um, what, what has been sort of the, the biggest thing you've learnt through that and um, noticed in, I guess, in the industry? What, what are some of the insights that you've gained from, from working there? I guess um, either one of you or, or yeah, yeah, whoever wants to go or, or I can just start, maybe I'll start throwing one question um, yes, each yes. time at one of you. But, yeah, Maddie, if you, if you wanted to... Yeah. Go with that one. That's what it is. Uh, I suppose I, I feel like <laughs> myself, and it's it kind of just reaffirms like um, what we've sort of touched on already, or things we've learned is you know a lot of us as guys, um, we know construction is a male-dominated industry, but you, we don't always or often want to talk to essentially a professional. You know, you, you don't want to go and see a psychologist or a counselor or social worker or whatnot. You kind of just 
do you want to yarn and vent and open up those problems to whether it be a mate, whether it be a random, you know, someone down at the pub or someone, you, you know, your taxi driver or whatnot. You kind of just want someone that you can unload all your crap to and then if you want, you can leave it at that. Or if you do want, you know, if that person can get you next levels of support, you know, then they are there. But, um, yeah, initially you your first step to sort of reaching out for help is to generally open up to a friend or someone close to you or sometimes even a stranger just because there's that fear or that fear of being judged depending on who you're talking to. So you want to open up to someone where that isn't, um, you know, isn't a worry in your mind that that person's just going to judge me. And I think in the construction industry, that's where myself and Maddie have kind of, or kind of, I think, hit home in a sense. Um, you know, when we pop out on site, we're not, you know, you can look at us straight off the bat generally and yeah, we're not psychologists, we're not counsellors. Um, as we said, we're a couple of dudes coming out of the military through our own experiences and a bit of training here with mates. We we just can relate to a lot of people real well and that's sort of part of, um, I think, something that you learn throughout the military as well. You learn to relate to so many different people from different backgrounds, different uh, ethnicities, different cultures or whatever it is. And guys and girls on site just love that, you know. Yeah. We're just a couple of knockabout dudes. You can have a yarn, you can have a conversation with and it just feels real. It's yeah. it's genuine. It's not you know I, I'm I'm they're not paying me to talk to them. I'm just a I'm dude there having a conversation. Yeah, we really try and humanize the topic. Um, you know, really on a, on a human level, I guess. Um, it's it's really easy to be in the space and you know be very kind of corny or professional. And um, we try and stay away from that the best we can. You know, it's it's if I can stand up here and me and Charlie can stand up here openly and honestly talk about things like suicide and things that have been for so many years suppressed that, you know, within the media, everything, no one talks about. So if we can stand up there and kind of have this open discussion about it, we're really trying to push that narrative within, you know, construction or just our communities in general that, hey, if, if you're feeling this way, because the thing is people, when, they, when they're in that space, you know, maybe feeling suicidal or having these thoughts, because it's not, it's not a welcome conversation to have a lot of the time, people suppress that and they don't, they don't feel comfortable to open up because they're, they're scared of the... You know the, the, the kind of backlash that is going to come from having that discussion. So we try and our best to kind of stand up there and be like, "Hey, it's okay to talk about." It. You know, we, we can have this yeah. discussion. We can talk about things like suicide and mental health openly. And you know, you see it. it, it it's awesome to see things like this podcast. You know, um, you know, people with you know um, kind of social media backgrounds and all the rest of it being able to talk about it. It is slowly changing that culture over time. But we're just trying to do our best. You know, within, within construction, especially obviously with the company that we work for. Is, um, you know, they've been hit hard, you know, and they do have very high rates of suicide at the moment. So it's awesome that we can play that play that small part, stepping away from that professional space and really do our best to, you know, support support everyone that we can, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think that's such an important point, what you're saying. And I've seen that in the work that I've done when I first started doing talks. I just went in there and just told my story and didn't try and do anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this actually worked because... I think people, like exactly what you guys are saying, people are relieved to hear that. They're like, oh, wow, this is actually a real person telling a story yeah. and they can relate and you're giving them, and then they hear that and they're like, oh, maybe that gives me permission to then be able to talk about my story. Whereas if you're just sending yeah. in a professional who's going to sort of just say, well, this is what you should do and, you know, do these mm -hmm. exercises or whatever, like that's important knowledge, but not yeah. at not as an entry point. So I think like yeah. it is, and you guys are so approachable and, um, 
you know, have your own actual story and having, you know, you guys as men saying that, I think it's really powerful, yeah. really important. And that's, and that's another thing, us being men as well, you know, especially young men, a little bit, a little bit younger than Charlie there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's another, you know, we really can tailor towards a lot of the demographics, you know, especially in New Zealand, like our, our young men are at that high risk. Um, to suicide, that's the, the highest rates of suicide do come from that, that age bracket between 20 and 24. So it's, um, you know, me falling into that into that age bracket. It's really it's really awesome to be able to, I connect with a lot of a lot of our apprentices and a lot of our younger younger people coming into the industry. So. Yeah, massively, massively. And uh, in the other other stats for, for mental health um, conditions higher in construction than in general, are there sort of, um, is there shown to be yeah, like yeah. a, a so bigger problem in that industry? Yeah. So in New Zealand, the construction industry actually has the highest rates of suicide throughout any industry in New Zealand. Um, so that's sort of essentially why we're here. We're trying to tackle that problem and hopefully, you know, bring those numbers down. Like it is, it is a nationwide problem, I believe, and we worldwide, however you want to look at it, but we do focus on construction. But, you know, the trainings or just being up there talking about it does relate, I think, to everyone and hopefully can encourage if we can encourage construction workers, you know, they may encourage their family or friends and whatnot who out who are outside construction to also hopefully openly have these conversations. And have like year on year, are you guys seeing a big change in the construction industry with with mental well being and programs conversations? Is it is there you know is there a big positive change happening? And I guess the second part of that, you know, how far do you think we have to go um, with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so if we touch on because um mates, mates actually um kind of originated out of Australia, so they've been there for about thirteen years. And the statistics we have from there, I know they've been they're offered across five states. Two hundred thousand construction workers have been through our program, and they've actually been able to bring the rates or well, the suicide rates down by ten percent. Um, and saying that, so yeah, it's really awesome to see the work that they're doing over there, and you can see that it has kind of come to fruition. The the, the rates dropping, I guess, over that ten percent. Us being here in New Zealand, we've only been on since probably about January, so it would yep. be hard to kind of comment. You know, I, I I personally think we are having a massive impact, and we we do have a long way to go. Well, yeah. there's roughly about three hundred thousand construction workers in New Zealand, and I think yeah. at the moment we've thirty or yeah, thirty five thousand people 000. may have been through the training. I think yeah. I believe my I last checked, but um, I do. Yeah, I think well, like statistics aside, the, just the the culture shift that we see when we go on site, you know, um, it does, you know, I wouldn't say everywhere because there are still some places and yeah. some companies or some people where they're not probably willing to have these conversations yet, but we definitely do see a positive impact in other areas, um, you know, where people are opening up and finally having those conversations. The people who talk to us um, when we're on site, we will hang around and, you know, try and have a yarn mm -hmm. with people just to, again, be, be that presence on the ground. But also um, the fact that, like I said, we are a charity, Mates Construction, and the fact that we've even, I think, we're up to around maybe 160 partners have come on board. So that just shows the industry as well. You know, they're backing to try and um, get behind us and do change this narrative. So the fact that more companies are coming on board, I think, is even that's that's a good start starting point because if no one was jumping on board, obviously, you know, it'd be very hard to to create that change with no one wanting us out on their sides. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think it's a, it's a really good point. And... Yeah, that's all we can do at the end of the day anyway, just chip away at things, have more of these conversations, try and, any, you know, just make progress in, in different, in yeah. as many areas as we can. And the more we push it, you know, the more we'll see. So I think it's great what you're doing. Um, before we go into these closing questions, I was just going to ask for each of you, um, maybe Maddie, if you want to go first, just on your, in your own personal journeys, um, what, what have been some of the things on a, you know, 
doesn't have to just be a mental health basis, but just in your own general well-being, you know, whether it's exercise or, you know, whatever it is in terms of just, you know, getting yourself into and maintaining balance in your lives. Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com slash book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're going to be loading up other groups. And you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Groups being created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout Running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Maintain balance. Um, it's, yeah, balance, balance is huge. And I think if you can step away, especially in our role, you know, being able to step away from the mental health guy or, you know, being that person, it's really important that my identity isn't just, you know, the suicide preventing officer. Being able to step away with that, you know, I, I do like to, you know, um, get to the gym. I do a bit of surfing. You know, there's things that, you know, we, we have this analogy where you're trying to keep your cup full, and if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to fill anyone else's. So it's um it's important that you're able to step away, and I really hammer that home. Me and Charlie really try and hammer that home that, hey, you know, this is our job, and we do our best, and we give it our everything once when we're in that space, but we need to be able to step away, whether that's, you know, me and Charlie hang out outside of work, so we'll, we'll – you know, do our best not to talk about work, you know, try and try and really distance ourselves from that space because it's easy to be able to, um, maybe, you know, tip over or, you know, kind of become overwhelmed when you're, when you're talking about suicide and you're talking about death on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah my, yeah, my biggest thing is just making sure I'm disconnecting. Not my whole identity, my whole identity isn't, isn't my work, you know. It's, um, I, I can step away, you know, and I found that in the Army as well. It's quite easy to become that 24-7 soldier. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's really hammered home that, that that's the way you should be and you live breathe and you know crap the the the, the infantry kind of mentality so you've got a you know i thought it was quite important to be able to step away from that and i'm really trying to have that work-life balance is, is massive for me i think it's a great point and 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 that's the, and for any anyone you know like we yeah. i guess now we live in a world where it's 24 7 and if you don't actually make the mm. um conscious effort yourself to to step away and have other things outside of work like we how are we going to turn off you know you we've got phones yeah. by our side 24 7 so i think it's, yeah. it's super important and, and if you look at you know like even some of our small business owners and all the rest of it you know they they, they their whole identity identity is built around what's going on so if their business is having a good day yeah. they're having a good day 
if it's not they're having they're not having a good day so it's it's that can be quite draining you know it can be really draining that if you, you've put so much time and effort into creating something or you know being a part of something everything's fluctuating by the success of that so if you if you if you're able to step away from it and be like hey this is my my work life what do i need to do to kind of keep myself afloat outside of that exactly exactly and charlie did you um what about you similar things or have you got yeah, I, I, I think in a sense, like Maddie has covered a little bit of it because we are quite similar, you know, very similar background and whatnot. But I suppose I think it was a lot harder for me initially. Um, like I said, leaving the army, it is it is drilled into you, it's ingrained into you that you're a twenty four seven soldier. And I think I did, I, I did. Well, I, I don't know. It's easy to sit here and say, but when I was in the army, I did try and live live and breathe that. You know, like I'd I'd do anything for my job. That was sort of why I joined the army and everything about it. So leaving leaving was a massive step for me. And so once I had left the army, being able to, I suppose, adjust to not being that 24-7, I suppose, field officer was was a big adjustment. Um, I didn't do that great at first, but now I really do try and, like, maybe just want to touch on, but just, just separate myself from work when I'm not at work. So I make a massive emphasis on, you know, it's very easy to get caught up, like you said, with phones and whatnot, always being connected, um, that once I get home, just shutting off my phone, you know, leaving leaving my laptop in the car so it's it's flat the next day or whatnot. But just so I can't, I physically almost can't work unless I'm absolutely needed. Um, so I can go home and be uh, a better father, a better parent, um, a better partner to to my family. Because I notice, I think looking back on it, that was probably what sort of fell on the back burner when I was in the army because I gave everything to the army. So when I got home, you know, I probably didn't give as much as I could have to my family, and I really emphasise on. On doing that now um i do try and do a little bit of fitness like i said that's probably been parked a bit more now because because of leaving the army you, you don't have to so it is a bit of a good change of, change of pace change of speed that you don't have to do it i'm a bit of a serial golf player if i can get out and play some golf or just something to do for myself is a is a big thing that i'll always try and focus on if i can do one thing for myself not necessarily every day but you know every every couple of days twice a week or something just a disconnect from from work, even from home, to focus on myself, you know, be okay in my own mind. Um, it, it just really helps me for, you know, the next week or the next few days that I can carry on and focus with whatever it I, I need to do. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that and all really good points. And I think it is, it's so important that we, you know, we might not be able to do things for ourselves every day, but as much as we can, like, like you're saying, you know, try and make the effort to do it. Otherwise, weeks, months, years pass and you don't, you know, you, you put aside all these things that, you know, help you, but that are part of you, and and you sort of just you get that's how you get burnt out. So, yeah. so yeah, I think really good Those points the there. First things that you park as well as the things you do for yourself. Yeah, exactly. You go, oh, I'll just have to do that today. I'll focus on. I'll do work instead. Where you know, probably reverse it, and you'll be better off for the next day, and you'll get that work done anyway. Yeah, exactly. You'll find a way if you're happier. You know, you're going to find a way to get yeah. it done anyway. So, yeah. No, I, I love that. So yeah, thank you again, guys, for coming on. We, um, I'll put links to, um, I'll put a link to the mates website in the show notes when we re- release this episode. And um, we finish every episode with five closing questions. These are sort of, these can be quick answers, whatever comes to mind. So maybe we'll go, um, Charlie, you can go first, and then Maddie, if that's the easiest way to, to do it. And yeah, yeah. Um, nothing too crazy in these questions, but um, yeah, we, we sort of finish every episode with these five with. Um, the first one is, uh, what do you think is one of the biggest burdens on mental health in society at the moment? One of the biggest burdens? I think um, almost the, the lack of education. Like a lot of people don't understand where the help is. 
you know that so even if they do manage to look through the stigma or the shame or whatever it was that does come with mental health they don't even know where to start to get help so just being a bit more aware or educating people on where the help is is a, is a massive step so that if you do finally you know those people do want to reach out for help they know where to go we know there are people who don't want help or sometimes they refuse help but at least if someone does finally get the you know manage to speak up or ask for help that they know where to go and it is accessible i suppose is another one the accessible yeah. uh, accessibility to the help is sometimes quite hard to get yeah yeah massive massively um maddie actually actually you know what let's do no let's do it like that'll be easier actually we'll do it we'll alternate each one why don't we do that all right well maddie this one can be for you um what's your best childhood memory that comes to mind childhood memory um well like i say i, I really enjoy my surfing so my old man bought me a surfboard when i was super young and probably just spending time at the beach with, with the family and um yeah definitely some fond memories of you know that kind of space or just hanging out at the beach trying to trying to learn to surf catching my first wave you know all that all that kind of all that kind of jazz is probably definitely up there was one of one of the yeah probably my best childhood memories i, I guess um yeah i love yeah, that probably have to be it there we go <laughs> Glad you got the question. No, i know like yeah you like what well <laughs> i like that answer that's that's great um charlie this one for you um what what are you most afraid of <laughs> like i don't know that, that's um that, that's a very hard <laughs> question um i've got like where we're touching on like simple things like spiders or heights or <laughs> can be anything anything your yes. biggest fear or it could be in mental health what what do you find most however you want to answer it <laughs> um i suppose like I'll, I'll go with a few but yeah i swear, no, I actually i hate snakes i do yeah. hate snakes my partner, if she ever watches this, she will crack up. But I hate snakes. They scare the living bejeebies <laughs> out of me. But I suppose outside of that, more direct to what we're talking about is um, just if I were to struggle and to, I suppose, to fall into that space and, you know, because I, like I shared a little bit earlier, but I, I have been in, a, I suppose, a dark space before where I contemplated suicide or I, um, you know, entertained the thoughts of suicide. And I suppose my biggest fear would be, to the point where maybe potentially I thought acting on that was better than doing something about it, like like opening up and talking to my mates, my friends, my partner, whoever it was, because like I said, I have a couple, I have two young boys, I have a, I have a wife, and the fact that I could ever fall into that space, and some people do, and potentially either act on it opposed to doing something about it or seeking help, you know, that would, yeah, that, that, that scares me to death. Yeah, no, that's it. Look, that's a, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, couldn't agree more. And I've been, you know, I got into this space myself because I was in a really dark space in my early 20s and, you know, never got to that point where I was suicidal, but I was at such a low point that I, you know, felt such a helplessness and didn't want to have a future. And the one thing I remembered, you know, or sort of hung on to from that period was, wow, you know, if I, if I, this is how bad this feels, like it, you know, the, the, the feeling that people have when they're in that position, it's hard to put into words and yeah. it's why we need to have these conversations and let people know that there actually is, there's always um, there's always something that you can do and there's always a solution. You just need to be able to talk about it. So I think, yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. Yeah, no, 100%. And thank you for sharing that as well. That's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, no problem. Um, so we've got two more here. Um, so one more H. I'll try and hopefully not anything too crazy. Um, Maddie, this one is 
what is your best, um, sorry, I just said that one. What, what is your personal definition of happiness? Personal definition of happiness. Um, personal definition of happiness. That, <laughs> it's quite, quite broad. Um, I guess it would just have to be, you know, if, if being able to wake up on like a Monday morning and be excited for that, if that makes sense. So finding something, you know, it, it's it's easy to get caught in that rat race of, you know, you've got to make enough money and own a house and all this kind of all this kind of jazz. It's it's really just being able to wake up and if I'm content with what I'm doing, then that's happiness. You know, it's it's you know, I, I don't wanna be one of those person people who are kind of working for the weekend, you know. It's if I can find a job that, you know, that doesn't and I feel like that's what this this job is for us sometimes. It's I get to wake up on a Monday morning when most people are kind of dreading that, that I get to hang out with one of my close mates and go around and talk about mental health and, you know, help try and change that. So, you know, it's, it's finding something that, um, you know, it's, you know, it's not a burden or it's, it's kind of, it's something that I'm find just find finding purpose or finding something that's not, um, you know, not going to be a burden or not going to be something that you dread. Um, it's, it's kind of finding that contentness with, with what you do is kind of happiness for me. Great. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's, it's such a good point. And like we spend so much of our lives working that, you know, we, yeah instead of being like you're saying we're taught to focus on this end result and when i get to x or own x amount of houses or have a certain amount of money in my bank then i can finally be happy and if you have that mindset you can never be happy but it's like the only way to be happy is right now if we can just enjoy each moment what we're actually doing find meaning and purpose in it yeah so i think it's like it's it's critical that we you know at least try and find a version of that for ourselves um Yeah, yeah, yeah All right, final one. You've survived four questions. <laughs> oh no, you've got three. <laughs> you get yeah, Charlie. You're getting three, mate. <laughs> um, final one for you. What are you most proud of? Uh, what am I most proud of? Surprisingly, <laughs> many. Nah. Yeah. Uh, what am I most proud of? I actually, I'm actually like I look back at it quite. Um, quite a lot sometimes when I do just reflect, but I'm actually proud almost on myself in a sense, you know, like um, well, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, this little place called Tikol, right up at the top of the North Island. And always, you know, my dream was to was to join the army, was to go out, you know, serve my country, do a few deployments, travel, and then, you know, set up my, have my own little family, buy a house and whatnot. And I, I've actually achieved all that stuff to this point. You know, it's, it's actually quite surprising myself sometimes when I do look back of, where I came from, thinking of what I wanted to do in my life and that I've actually achieved a lot of it. You know, it's very easy to think, oh, you know, I could have done all this other cooler stuff. I could have travelled the whole entire world. I could have been a professional golf player or whatnot. I don't know. But to actually have, you know, I I planned to do five years, five, six years in the Army. I served 13 and I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, To I bought my own house with my partner. I've got two young boys. Um, You know, to to build that little family that I have down here in Christchurch now is just – it's awesome, and I actually, since leaving the army, going home every day, seeing seeing my kids, seeing my partner, I actually love it, and I am actually very proud of what I've achieved um, through my, I suppose, thirty years. Not not too old, like Maddie tries to say. I am. I'm only thirty, but yeah, to achieve that in that time that I have, I'm yeah, I'm I'm extremely proud of myself and what I have done and what I've come through to get to where I am now, and um, even to be here with mates doing this job, you know, trying to bring awareness to to this topic, to this subject is is just awesome, I think, and. Hopefully we've helped a few people along the way. We've still got a long way to go. But, yeah, just, I suppose, in a short answer, just proud of myself of what I have achieved. 
I love that. And yeah, you guys have done a lot at, at a young age. So, um, <laughs> and, and, and that the point you're saying, it feeds into the same thing we we're talking about before of, you know, when it's so easy for us to, and I, I try and get, I'm trying to get better at this myself where when you actually look back and think, you know, what have I actually done? And, you know, when I was 15 or 18, where did I want to be? And you look back, you're like, holy shit, I actually did all these things. But yeah. it's so easy to get caught up and think, like you're saying, you know, but I could have also done this. And what about that? And what about this? When that literally it's impossible to be happy if you think like that because no yeah. one in the world yeah, can yeah. do everything. So it's a recipe for unhappiness, you know, like sort of comparing yeah. and wanting more. So I think it's, yeah, a good point to to end it on. So, um, so yeah, thank you both for making the time to do this first thing in, in the morning and great to have you on and hopefully we can um, stay in touch and yeah, love, love having this chat. Yeah, man, no worries. Thanks yeah, for having us. hundred percent. Thank you. I was pretty nervous when yeah. I made you sign us up for a podcast, but first I enjoyed podcast. it. So, <laughs> no, thanks man. And yeah. enjoy New York. Yeah. Yeah. Will do. No, you guys were great. You know, if it was, if that was your first one, you did a great job. Super, <laughs> super easy to talk to. So, um, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks to Charles and Maddie for joining me today for Move Your Mind. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 